The Door County Pulse podcast is brought to you in part by the Door County Community Foundation, inspiring people to give back, to sustain, and advance the community that we love. To learn more, visit givedoorcounty.org. Hello, and welcome to the Door County Pulse podcast. My name is Deborah Fitzgerald, editor of the Peninsula Pulse. And today on February 1, it seems to be a very fitting topic that we will be taking up. And there is an epidemic of it in this country, and it's called loneliness. Lacking connection can increase the risk of premature death to levels comparable to smoking 15 cigarettes a day. That was according to U.S. Surgeon General Dr. Vivek Murthy, who said last year that, quote, our epidemic of loneliness and isolation has been an underappreciated public health crisis that has harmed individual and societal health. Dr. Murthy made headlines last year with his report, The Epidemic of Loneliness and Isolation. That 82-page report details how even before the pandemic, as high as about half of U.S. adults reported experiencing measurable levels of loneliness. And there are real physical health consequences of this, of poor or insufficient connection, a 29% increased risk of heart disease, a 32% increased risk of stroke, a 50% increased risk of developing dementia for older adults. So loneliness and isolation, those are the physical consequences, but there are also serious mental health challenges with double the risk of developing depression among adults who report feeling lonely. In children who feel lonely or socially isolated, they are at increased risk of depression and anxiety both immediately and well into the future. The good news in all of the cloudiness of that report is that while the epidemic of loneliness and isolation is widespread, there is a medicine hiding in plain sight, and that's called social connection. This, too, is contained in Dr. Murthy's report, an advisory on the healing effects of social connection and community. He lays out a framework for a national strategy to advance social connection, something that has never been implemented before in the U.S., and he details recommendations for individuals, governments, workplaces, health systems, and community organizations to increase connection in their lives Our relationships are a source of healing and well-being, hiding in plain sight, one that can help us live healthier, more fulfilled, and more productive lives, he said. So we need to prioritize building social connection the same way we have prioritized other critical public health issues, such as tobacco, obesity, and substance use disorders. Joining me in the Bailey's Harbor studio, you probably thought I would never get to this, but joining me in the <laughs> Bailey's Harbor studio to talk about this kind of work that's actually being done in Dora County is UW Extension's Paul Salm. So Paul works in the areas of human development and relationships for UW Extension. And this report that I was just talking about, which I find really eye-opening, I encourage people to read it, but this seems tailor-made for your position. It is. How long have you been doing this? I've been with Extension just about a year. Actually, next week will be my one-year anniversary. I am here because Door County has recognized the fact that social isolation is, in fact, 
a pandemic and we need to work towards solving it. So I was ordered to work within the realms of mental health and the realm of aging intelligently, aging in a healthy way. Okay. So I've been trained in a few different programs in order to bring some of that information to our population. But the most important thing about running programming is getting people out Mm. and getting them into a room together and seeing a sense of community being rebuilt after maybe somebody's world falls apart because of any different reason. Mm -hmm. Uh, That happens in everyday life. Sure. Okay. Now, I discovered you and your position because I was covering a land conservation committee meeting which at, for the County of Door. So it's kind of interesting that I'm inviting you on the podcast from that meeting. But what struck me at that time, UW Extension gives their reports to that committee and probably other committees as well. But what struck me was, and, and you can correct me if this is not an accurate impression that I received, but that you started doing this work and then it was so much larger or so much more of a problem than you had anticipated. And I think you use the words combating social isolation. That's what you feel like your job is currently. Right. And let's backtrack just a minute to help everybody understand why I was speaking in a land conservation committee meeting. Yes. UW Extension is now a part of UW-Madison, and it's been reorganized recently into six different institutes. Most people consider extension when it comes to agriculture and the natural resources. And 4-H. And 4-H, absolutely. And 4-H lands a little bit closer to where the Institute of Human Development and Relationships comes in. Okay. We used to be called HOMEC. Oh, and interesting. Extension was born during the Civil War, and it was designed to take liberal arts colleges and boost them into the applied sciences, things Hmm. like engineering, agriculture, military, stuff like that. You know, it really helps when you're at war for 200-some years, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, So UW-Madison, it's a land-grant institution, Mm. and we all have them. Sometimes you see Texas A&M, which would be agriculture and military. And what happened there is Wisconsin was gifted land from the U.S. government, and as long as we used an institution to get into agriculture and engineering— we continued to get funding. Now, let me stop. That land used to be native territory. So Mm. UW is very open and honest about that and does hold that in plain sight always in all of our programming. That being said, in wartime effort, home economics is just as important as all those other things. So, And in life. And in life. No, absolutely. So during war efforts, extension focused on maximizing agricultural production but then utilizing what's left over. So things like canning, things like baking, preserving things, that type of thing. So extension focused in the home, working with traditionally the women using those scraps, essentially. However, in the 60s, during that time of social unrest, they took home ec and they sort of translated it into overall home health. Mm. So we began focusing on economics, physical health, emotional health, social health, mental health. That's where my position came from. Okay. Was your position new? Were you the first one in it or are you taking somebody's place who had vacated that position? The position has had different iterations throughout my time here in Door County. Mm -hmm. It used to be first, it was community development when I first got here and then it became health and well-being, And then it was vacant for a handful of years. Mm -hmm. And 
when I finished my master's degree at the UW, they pointed out that this position was available. Ah. And as a longtime resident here and a business owner here, I thought, what a great way to give back to the community that has provided for me for the last close to two decades. Okay. Now, a business owner, so we should just knock that out of the way. You own a business in Bailey's Harbor here, so you are a familiar person in our little community here. Sure. Yep, absolutely. I'm over at the Cornerstone Pub half the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, trying to fight the good fight and provide those social connections that we're talking about. Okay. So now you were in a master's program and you weren't working for UW Extension at that time, or were you? Correct. No, I was not. Okay. Got it. And so what was your master's in? Was it in this area? It is in educational psychology. Oh, interesting. More so in a public school setting, but much of it translates out into the real world. Adults learn differently, Hmm. but we still learn the same as we always have. So I can take a lot of the brain stuff and translate it into applied science. It's applied science. Okay. Now, it sounds to me like you were given marching orders to actually try and find out the extent to the problem of isolation up here and to work on programs that would help ease that or give us an understanding of, of what it is that you do. Sure. No, you're right. You get plopped. Yeah. <laughs> in, into an office at the county building and they say go so check So that's out. where your headquarters That's where I'm headquartered. Okay. Yeah. And they say go go figure it out. Go do an environmental scan is what we call it. Okay. And uh, I went to all the different public agencies and just learned where they were, what they were up to. And tell us what public agencies are. Yeah, no, that's fine. Like the Department of Health and Human Services, Public Health, the ADRC, which is the Aging and Disabilities Resource Center, which operates out of a beautiful facility down in Sturgeon Bay. Mm -hmm. Even the public library system, uh, the school districts, the United Way, all the different nonprofit organizations. Right, right. And what I found was that so many of them offer so many wonderful programs and opportunities in their own ecological setting, but the ecological settings aren't intersecting. Mm. So they're kind of siloed for different reasons. Maybe it's geographic location, maybe it's just job requirements, but it's really hard for, especially the county, for all the wonderful, beautiful things that they do. It's really hard for them to operate outside the realm of Sturgeon Bay. Mm. They just don't have the capacity to get into the rural areas. And no other offices. I mean, everybody is pretty much there. Correct. Mm -hmm. Correct. And required to be there. Yes. So that is what I found. I found that we have just a plethora of abundant and effective resources available within the city. The capacity outside the city is next to nothing. Okay. When I went out and I would go out to the churches and I would go out to the bars and talk to people, really, they didn't identify at all with any of those services, in most cases didn't understand that they even existed. When it comes to things like social isolation, they're not going to seek them out. Mm. They don't, for, for whatever reason, be it very practical, be it a level of mental health of that person, they're not going to drive all the way into the city of Sturgeon Bay, unfortunately get on a waiting list for services, and then stay connected. So they plop you into an office. You find out what kinds of resources are available all over the place within the context of social isolation or something that would serve social isolation or what what kinds of services were you doing a survey of? Essentially, I assessed what was there in order to understand what was missing. For social isolation, I mean, that's the thing I'm trying to, to pinpoint. Like, I guess that was a personal choice. 
Okay. I, I, I believe because I, I could have gone in many different directions. However, the county has prioritized social isolation. Okay. So, and I see it. Mm-hmm. I, I see it in everyday life, especially living here. I live up close to Sister Bay. You see it mm-hmm. when you talk to the people in focus groups and you see it really happen. You know, I was a little, little league coach and I know the kids all the way up through school. And then all of a sudden, where did Jimmy go? Mm-hmm. He's gone. What happened? You, you know, and, and you kind of see characters get plucked out of your life. And it's really easy not to notice until you start to notice and you start to wonder what happened to that human. Okay. So social isolation wasn't necessarily the primary thing. They didn't say, hey, Paul, we want you to go figure out how much of a problem social isolation is in Door County and then figure out what kinds of services are out there. You kind of just did a social survey to find out what were the biggest mental health challenges? It stood out. Social isolation stood out. Got it. Among what other types of mental health issues? Sure. Like if we have a menu of them. Sure, absolutely. So social isolation, and and I define it maybe a little bit differently. On its face, when we talk about it, it's easiest to consider social isolation as something like, okay, that person is sitting home on their couch and they are have negative behaviors. But, but that isn't necessarily what, in my mind, it is. In my mind, social isola- isolation, I wish it was easier to say, right? <laughs> uh, is a lack of meaningful and positive relationships in a human's life. Oh, interesting. And I believe that we can surround ourselves with people and not get anything out of it hmm. and, and not grow as a human. Or we can normalize negative behaviors in a group in our ecological world, and we can just numb ourselves and we can codify ourselves into those negative behaviors. And then eventually those negative behaviors begin to tear you apart, be it economic, be it substance abuse, name the it, right? Okay, right. All the negative behaviors that we see here in Door County. mm -hmm. And it's- And everywhere. And everywhere. But it's really magnified here because we're a small county and we're surrounded by half the year- so much opulent wealth. We forget that we're really poor. We're a poor people. And our community also is defragmenting because we're losing our places of community for all sorts of different reasons. Sure, which has been happening for a long time. And and there have been studies and Bowling Alone is the book that I Sure. I think probably brought that to mainstream awareness. Right. That might have been way back in 2009 or 2010, something like that. But I, I don't remember the date. But when Paul talks about we are a poor people, what he is basically referencing is that there are certain economic levels of salary that a person has if they are considered, for instance, below the federal poverty rate, which is an official number. So for instance, in the federal poverty rate is $30,000 for a family of four, for family of four making $30,000 a year. But then above that is a bigger population of people across the country and in Door County. And they call them Alice individuals because, and I you probably remember what the acronym means, but it's basically all of the people who are living paycheck to paycheck. Correct. And there is an extremely large number of people 
who are living paycheck to paycheck in Door County. And it's difficult to see because of the seasonal and, you know, retiree wealth that we do have here. But I wanted to get I wanted to get back to your definition of social isolation because I find that part of it really interesting. I think that most people when they think of somebody who is isolated and depressed as being in their house with the shades drawn, never going outside, you know, maybe eating only potato chips and ice cream on their couch and binge watching whatever program they want to watch. But I remember one time when I moved to a a brand new county and I was covering something for the first time and I'd probably been there for about two or three months. I was at a county fair basically and there were all these people all together and I didn't have any family there. I didn't know anybody there at all and I felt completely and utterly isolated, surrounded by probably a thousand people and many who did already know me at least, but they were shallow relationships, mostly transactional. So that kind of loneliness, I think that people can understand more when they are around people. If they go out to a bar on a regular basis, if they don't have maybe your bar, if they don't have deep relationships with the people that they see all the time, then what kind of, does that make you feel more lonely because you see the other relationships of people around you or does it make you feel better? So there really is a wider definition of social isolation that people need to shift their paradigm when they're thinking about. Yes, in my opinion. Yeah, uh, I, I think the implicit bias allows us to say, yes, that chip person yeah. on the couch, that, that means that's not me. Yes. So I, there's nothing wrong with me. Yes. Right. So I, I do think we have a version of ourself that is ourself, but then we all have that platonic who we aspire to be. And, and that's not necessarily set by us. That's set by societal norms. And those are a little skewed in Door County because of our seasonal visitors. So if you can't get to that envisioned you, that platonic you, you might have a motivation towards a more negative, more isolated behavior because you have to justify where you are. You have to create your own reality. You you just have to. We we need a sense of home and a sense of belonging. So we have to find that somewhere. And if we in our ecology latch onto somebody similar to us, that's comforting, but not necessarily nurturing or positive. Mm. And that's kind of what I'm getting at is that we need to take a look at our negative behaviors, each and every one of us, and assess them. And a lot of times we can improve by engaging civilly towards motivation, towards the positive. And mm-hmm. that is a really difficult thing to do. Mm-hmm. I equate it to starting an exercise routine. Sure. I mean, how many books are on that? What about nutrition? How many books are on that? And how many libraries are full of those at home? How many New Year's resolutions? Right. And then you take a, a system that loves the fact that you want to be better but can't get better. We love credit cards and we love self-help books and we love that market because it just gives us a little bit of a pillow to, you know, it's it's the next day. It's the motor. Hey, I can do it now. I can do it now, but you can't do it alone. Mm -hmm. I just started an exercise class up at Shepherd of the Bay Mm. and it is a group of now over 20 individuals that all are striving to create an exercise routine. That's why they came. That's why they manufactured this group. And I'm honored to be the facilitator of that group. They get themselves there Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. And you should see the magic that happens when they're together. And 
their countenance changes. Mm-hmm. And they're cheering for each other. They're clapping for each other. They're, now we have people in charge of music and, you know, pretty soon we'll have a, a snack committee and maybe a walking group. And my phone's ringing off the hook of people that want to do this. Okay. Now that the word is spreading, we've got a synergy just with this one little group mm-hmm. all the way in Ellison Bay. Mm-hmm. I'm learning about it. I just went to pay my taxes. And Becky Rierko was talking about it down at the, the office. It, it's, it's energy. People want this. Sure. We just don't have the framework for it yet. And there are so many, there are so many things in that that you were just talking about. I, I want to backtrack just a, a little bit. And that is when you talk about people not being able to achieve or not measuring up to an image that they might have of themselves I'm thinking that what you mean by that is that society says this is success. This is what success looks like. And if you are not achieving what that looks like, then you're not measuring up. I'll let me backtrack as well because I jumped to that assumption. Because there's not, you're never going to get there. As an individual, you're never going to get there. But unless you have very sound mental health, that can really gnaw on you. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where the negative behaviors claw into you. Okay. So that's the psychology perhaps behind negative behaviors. But what I have always found in my life is that my mental health thing is physical activity. If I don't get up in the morning and do workouts that have changed over the years, but it's still consistent, doing that is the most important thing for my mental health. If it helps with my health, that's fantastic too. But that kind of routine, that kind of thing that works on the chemicals in my brain and gets them to a different place. That's what I do for my mental health. There are other ways that people do that through art or music or reading or some kind of positive behavior like that. But there are a lot of people that just don't have those individual interests. Right? right. And so they don't know how to channel that maybe because negative behavior is easier. Right. In some cases. <laughs> yeah. In some cases. Right. I mean, but they don't have that. They don't have that way to do that. So when you start a class like you have started up there, it's not only the physical activity, but it's the people coming together and each admitting you know what? I'm not good at this and I really want to get good at this. And so they all have that in common that we're all starting at that. We're not at that ideal. Doesn't it feel good to say that together and to do something together about it? It's a lot easier when you're in a group of peers that are all in the same way, Mm -hmm. right? And a lot of, it's easier to speak. It's easier to feel connected to those people in your failure. It's just, it's relieving. Yeah. Right. It's sure. just, you find it's others freeing. who are like you. It's just freeing. Yeah. And then you can all build together in the realm of educational psychology where I'm from. When you are working with students that are disengaged in the classroom, you start by building a very strong relationship with that student, and then you work with them to develop incremental change that will change your behaviors. It's really simple at at, at face. It's just very difficult to do. But the strong relationship part many times has to come first Hmm. so we can fully understand ourselves. And that's the power of that group and the social connection is that they all had something familiar that they all had in common. Let's start there and build up together. And programs that allow you to measure success in the face of failure, you can see those little victories. 
I can do one more rep. I can do one more. I can weight up two more pounds. There's that hope and there's that motivational direction pointing back towards the positive behaviors that you want to engage in and just can't. Mm -hmm. That's where the power of social connection, because if you wake up and you decide, you know what, I'm not going to go jogging today. Okay, but now what? There's no real ramification for that other than yourself. But if you get a phone call saying, hey, where were you today? I better see you on Wednesday. You're darn right. You're going to be there on Wednesday because now you're accountable to a community. Mm -hmm. You have a sense of belonging and a sense of place. You're connected. So how can we recreate that for more people? Not, you know, my goal now is great. We've got that program going. Yeah. Let's talk about that. You, you land in your job, you decide social isolation is a thing you're going to look into. You find all the services, you find a a lack of services in Northern Door County. And then this is one thing that you have started this one program, but have you done others and where else are you going with this? Great question get plopped in my office. <laughs> I get tons of training on uh, everything from email security to signing up to drive a van, right? <laughs> and, and you know, all that training takes time. You're motivated and you go out into the community, you charge out into the community and you throw everything against the wall and nothing sticks. Mm. It just, I could run a flyer and, and I could register for this and I've got this and I got this program and I'm so excited because I'm a soul. I'm just, it's just me. Mm-hmm. It's just another another snake oil guy. We're used to it. We're used to it. Nobody knows what extension is. Nobody knows what the strong bodies exercise. It's just, you're just naturally skeptical. Just, mm-hmm. a, just another guy. Okay. So I stopped because I was just swimming. Meyer just living there. I, and I had all this programming and nowhere to program. So I started to realize, go to the communities that already exist. Introduce yourself and who you are Stop talking, start telling people what they need and start listening to what they want. What an interesting just, just stop. Just just stop. Great. Yeah, you're a great expert, buddy. Are you? Maybe, but calm down. Okay. Let's get to know each other a little bit. Let's figure out what really is needed before we decide what really has to happen. Interesting. So I stopped and I just listened. And I listened for six months and I went back to the county and I told them this is what's going on. And what is going on? The fact that especially our older adults, our older population, are starving for programming that allows them to get involved in the community, volunteer opportunities, substantive conversations, substantive activities. It's limitless. We want continued education here. We just don't have the framework for it, although we do, right? We have all the beautiful nonprofit organizations doing beautiful things. Absolutely. And so we've got unlimited potential to make this happen. We just don't have a change agent until I got plopped into that office in Sturgeon Bay and I swam around for six months and learned this. Mm -hmm. So now we've got a real understanding, not of the institutions that are here to change and solve the problems. That was easy. Well, this is already here and they're doing a good job at full capacity. But how do we translate the resources that we have into the community that needs them? I found the answer simple. All of the older folks that want this programming are amazing and accomplished humans mm-hmm. that have done amazing things throughout the course of their lives and still can and are still able. And guess what? They have time and capacity to take on wonderful opportunities. So let's organize. So that's where I am now. So I've gone back and in fact, just yesterday, I had a meeting with the Department of Public Health, the ADRC, and myself as UW-Madison Extension 
how are we going to do this? How are we going to do a hip parade up here and come up and create awareness of the celebration of growing older? Because that's what it is. We made it. Right, right. <laughs> do you find that the social isolation, that that is the population that you need to target more than others right now? I see two. Okay. I see two opportunities. That one, I want to say the more downhill of the two. I feel like there's a lot of synergy and there's a lot of groups that are going to be emerging in the near future designed to engage the older population here and create a sense of belonging amongst anyone who wants to. Mm-hmm. I see that is marching forward Okay, deliberately, not only at the county, but there's other groups that are blossoming and getting organized and will soon launch publicly who they are and what they offer. It's exciting, but I don't want to, you know, do one of those reveal parties before absolutely, absolutely. Anybody, no. anybody's ready to do that. But it's top of mind and people are talking about it and there's a lot of synergy in that direction. Okay. The other population is the people that work in the service industry. Mm. And that's near and dear to my heart, obviously, because I own a restaurant. Mm -hmm. But the county has targeted that group in our new community health improvement plan. One of the main focus groups is the health of our workers. Okay. I know that that was one of the things that you talked about during that committee meeting when when I heard your brief summary that you wanted to work with Destination Door County and the Door County Economic Development Corporation to try and find out what the service industry needs because they work different hours, often a couple of jobs, and they're trying to raise their families. And so their needs are going to be very different from, say, the older population that has that time on their hands or more time and more flexibility. So is that something that you're working on? I am the strategy lead. That sounds important. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to need a business card. Okay. uh, um, (laughs) Well, it's going to have to be a big one, it sounds like. Right, exactly. And and one of those erasable ones, because it sounds like it's evolving (laughs) and changing. Well, exactly. Yes, the concern is, and thankfully the concern is, not only the county, but Destination Door County and Door County Economic Development really have focused on the overall mental health of our working population because we need to develop a more efficient, intelligent, stable workforce so all of our ships can continue to rise. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And that's why everybody's got a little skin in this game, because we can see it. You know, as a business owner, if I can create a better and more stable workforce, I can rely on them more and then take on more. And that thinking will ultimately make my restaurant a more stable and a more efficient and therefore more successful place. Mm -hmm. That being said, how do we get the training? How do we get the programming to folks that work in our service industry? Sure. Where is it? When does it happen? What form does it take? Okay. These are all things that I'm just now in the learning stages. The Door County Pulse podcast is brought to you in part by the Door County Medical Center. Are you looking for a job with excellent benefits, culture, and potential for advancement through tuition reimbursement programs? Door County Medical Center is hiring. For more than 75 years, Door County Medical Center has been the leader in health and wellness for Door and Kiwani counties. Their integrated medical center provides a wide range of specialties, including primary care, behavioral health, general surgery, the Women and Children's Center, the Door Orthopedic Center, the Door County Cancer Center, and more. To join the team, apply today at dcmedical.org careers. Now, I want to apply what you had said about your strategy with the older population. Have you listened 
to the service industry to find out if they even want any training or want any programming? Exactly. Because again, we're just assuming, we're just telling and we're not listening. So that's the stage that I'm in. One of the projects I'm currently working on is focus group questions based upon the community health improvement plan and data from Destination Door County. So I can go into the restaurants and just listen. Here's this information. Let's talk. And then that's where you're going to hear and you're going to get that qualitative data. You know, you're going to get the stories. Okay. There is always an hypothesis before you develop a theory and a practice to try and, I guess, solve whatever challenges that arise from that. Do you think you know what the service industry needs? This is what I do know, that there's people that survive and thrive in the service industry. So there's behaviors that you can adopt so you can be successful where you are. So how do we shake those out? How do we do that? And how do we create a manual around that? Because there's constants, right? There are scientific constants you can pull out within our economy and then build a healthy, strong, positive environment with those constants. Boy, that's really difficult, Mm -hmm. but we got to try. So the first thing is to, yes, we've got a hypothesis. Now we're in our research stage. Mm -hmm. And then you propose a solution. And then you test that solution. And then you reflect on that solution. And then you modify that solution and you go it again. Okay. You know, just simple improvement science, but in the social sciences. Sure. Now, in terms of impact, these are two probably of our biggest demographic groups, I would say. The older population, and we're talking, what, older than 60, maybe? Older than 55, something like that? Older than 60? I don't know. I don't want to put a number on Yeah, it, okay. But. And then we have the service industry. So those are two very large demographics. And if the numbers that both you and I seem to have on our sheets of paper here with statistics are the same in Door County as they are elsewhere in the country and in the state, that means a significant number of those two populations would have these kinds of mental health challenges and along with it, the health consequences that go with that. Do you have any understanding of those numbers, of the impact that this type of programming would have? Built into extension programming is always a measurable component. Horrible sentence structure there. No, Uh, I mean, that makes sense. So everything that I do, I have to measure because I have to justify what I do scientifically. That sounds good, especially when it comes to something like this that seems almost impossible to measure. It is. However, there are measurables. Okay. Right? I mean, we can take a look at our drunk driving numbers, for example, instill some programming And just keep an eye on those, right? So we can kind of make a mental health index or even a social isolation index. Let's look at the negative behaviors associated with social isolation and poor mental health. Those we can see. So now let's create objectives that we can see. What does this look like? Okay. Are you on a survey going to say you're socially isolated? Maybe, maybe not. Are you even going to take a survey? We don't know. Most people that we want to talk to don't. But if we look at our county health records and we look at we Sherlock Holmes this thing, Mm-hmm. maybe we can find evidence that it's working. Okay. That's so, a macro way. Micro sure. way, you know, you take my program, you fill out a survey. Boom, I take that information back to the county. 78% of the folks that took the Strong Bodies class at Shepherd of the Bay feel like they act. Okay. You know, they, they, <laughs> sure. they feel like it improved their overall mental health, you mm-hmm. know, because they filled out that survey. Mm-hmm. So little wins, but then we need to keep an eye on the universal picture as well. 
Okay. That's the only way, really way to measure it. Did you have any measurements to start with? We don't. Okay. The new community health improvement plan will have a link to a measurement tool and public health is now building that out. So we are now, I mean, maybe they, before me, I don't know, but I know currently they're working on measurables for their community health improvement plan. And this is something new. We used to have the objectives, but we really didn't have a way to measure them other than people participating in the programming designed towards our deficiencies, right? So we are really good at that, but we don't have that overall measurement countywide of where we're at Okay. yet. Okay. So you strike me as a person who is pretty passionate about what it is that you're doing. And while I understand that measuring outcomes for whatever it is that you do for your job per se is important, do you have personal goals when it comes to this kind of work? You know, it gives me the opportunity to be proud of what I do and wake up and go to work and feel like I'm accomplishing something. A lot of people don't have that. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been blessed with that, with the restaurant and building that out and watching my staff thrive and becoming part of Bailey's Harbor community and watching us thrive and watch all of the positive things, all the positive relationships that are built because of some of the hard work that I've done. Mm-hmm. And I just want to fold that countywide. Okay. I, I just feel like it's a tremendous opportunity and obligation. And I think the county deserves my motivation and my talent because they provided me everything that I have. Hmm. Did you grow up here? No. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Those of us who did not grow up here always say it like that, right. I want to say. But so where did, did you grow up in Wisconsin? I grew up in Appleton. Oh, in the okay. Valley. Close enough. Right. Yep. Absolutely. Okay. And your advent into Door County was when you purchased the Cornerstone? Not quite. I was a teacher by trade out of University of Wisconsin. And my wife, Emily, and I, who is also a teacher, she, she's the art teacher at Gibraltar currently. Oh. Uh, we're both teachers and we bounced around Madison, Milwaukee, La Crosse. And when we decided to have a family, we also decided that lacrosse was a little bit too far away from grandmas and grandpas. We're both from Appleton. So we trekked back to raise our family around Appleton. And I'm a social studies teacher, but I'm not like the seventh grade football coach kind of social studies teacher. And I'm not willing to bend to become that. So I'm not really hireable in the public school system. I'm sorry. I just It's good to know you right, yourself. I, I took on well at at-risk schools and was able to do a lot of great work. And that's what a restaurant is, right? It's yeah. just an at-risk school for, for... There you go. Well, that's an interesting definition, yeah, it's, but it's it's a, sounds yeah, like it's... The land of fits. misfit toys. But anyway, I ended up back in the restaurant business. My dad's a restaurant guy, and I was managing restaurants for his restaurant group. And he opened one in Sturgeon Bay in 2006. So we ended up up here because Emily's always been able to take on gainful employment easily. And then I take her out of that environment and drop her in another one again and again and again. Um, (laughs) But we really did fall in love with the community of Door County. And they really welcomed us with open arms. And that's that's where we ended up. So in 2006, we got here. And in 2010 is when we took over the Cornerstone. Now, you have been doing this work for a relatively short period of time, but it was just last year that the Surgeon General came out with that report. Is that something that had an impact on the work that you do, or was it like a really big, oh, thank God that's finally out there so that this can bring awareness to how big of a problem this is for this country? Sure. When that report came out, it did coincide with me getting hired. And no doubt it was a steep learning curve for me. 
when the Institute of Human Development and Relationships said healthy aging is a priority. Mm. Again, isolation was one of the number one researched topics at that time. And maybe that's how that caught and how, how I associated that. Okay. Because that's right when I delved into the research mm. and that really rose to the top. And then to understand the negative health consequences of that, it's really an umbrella issue. Mm-hmm. It really encompasses so many of the things that we want to fix okay. in society. It's, it's the elephant in the room, right? So let's head in that direction. And it also, when it comes to programming, the secondary benefit of any program, again, is to just get people together. And that's what I joked the first meeting of this exercise group. I said, look at how I got all of you guys out of bed this morning. <laughs> and now you're That's off and on your way. Mm-hmm. And I hope you all have lunch somewhere after this. And boy, that'll round out, you know. So it's a reason to get out. So anything I do, you know, we have a group of guys that play cards at the Cornerstone on Mondays and Wednesdays. You know, I haven't seen some of those guys forever. And they're out, you know, playing sheephead, yelling mm. at each other about what card they played. There's so much benefit in that. Mm. If, if I can just do that, I'm planning on contacting our meal sites and just going and watching and listening and seeing if I can enhance those experiences. Mm. There's meal sites in Bailey's Harbor, Liberty, everywhere on certain days mm-hmm. uh, provided by the ADRC. Yes. Uh, if you go on their website, you can call the town that you live in. You can call the coordinator. And all you have to do is call and say you're coming and mm-hmm. they'll have lunch for you. Mm-hmm. It's, it's an amazing program. Some of those lunches already have organic programming based that the people that attend just do. Mm-hmm. But maybe we could do more or maybe that would be a launch pad to something else that they want to do, be it cards or a book club or you, you name it. Just something that helps us feel like we belong. Right. Now you are just one person. What is it that you need? <laughs> well, time. A lot of the programming that I do, the model for example, the exercise class called Strong Bodies. This class has 21 members-ish, hopefully more soon. Within that group, leaders are going to rise up in that group, people that are really into it. I identify them as future facilitators, and then I provide them the certification training, hmm. and then they become the leader of that group. Okay. And then I form the next one, and the next one, and the next one. I currently manage four of these groups. Oh, where um, are all but of them? The ADRC... Okay. has a strong bodies program that's been here for a long time since Bay, since right. since uh, extension put it there years ago. Okay. But I manage uh, strong bodies groups in other counties because they don't have somebody in my institute. Ah. Their extension officer is in a different institute. So this program isn't available, but I can facilitate for that group. Got it. If that makes sense. It's a little obscure, but the the model is build it, train new facilitators, move and spread the programming. Okay. So that's what you believe will be emerging here. I, again, I'm only one person, so yeah. that's the only way to do it. You okay. know, I hope someday we reach a caring capacity where I can't engage any more people. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's going to be a long, long time from now. Okay. Is there anything that you can think of that if you were to put a request out there for some things that you need that our listeners perhaps would want to help out or would want to assist in some way? Is there something that people could do if they were to connect with you? Yes. I would love to hear from anybody that would be interested in helping me or have an idea where programming would be beneficial. You know, I am a federal and state funded person, so there are hoops we have to jump through. 
we have to be fully inclusive. We have to be ADA compliant. We have to be, there's a lot of boxes to check. So there are limitations to where we can do things and maybe what we can do. Mm -hmm. But I'm always open to volunteers. Absolutely. I hope to roll out soon in Northern Door County for now, a program called Aging Mastery. And it focuses on 10 different elements, not only of aging, but of sound mental health from finance to physical education to civic engagement. And it features guest speakers, and usually there's a meal involved. And it's more like a night out. Mm. And at that program that I'm sure The Pulse was going to advertise all over the county. (laughs) We'll talk to Dave later about that. But at that program, I'm going to have a resource wall where we'll have all of the resources that you're interested in. And boom, you can write down your contact information and boom, there's your sense of belonging. Hmm. The United Way is rolling out a, a grand list of volunteers, what they're interested to volunteer in, and how to contact them. Oh, that's a great idea. It is a huge right. deal. I did that in a county that I worked for years and years ago. There were all of these needs for volunteers. And there were all these people who have, I mean, of course, in any population, there are a bunch of people who have very individual interests and skills, and they would never be asked, to volunteer, you know, I mean, that's, that's, you normally think of the same group of people. So actually going out and creating that list made a huge impact only because people had never been even considered themselves as a volunteer type. But you know what? We have nobody who knows how to build bird houses, for instance, you know, can you bring those carpentry skills to, you know, a class or something like that? You know, and now that we're talking about it again, I believe it's called the Volunteer Board. Organizations in need of volunteers can go to the United Way website and register to get on that help wanted. Oh, excellent. Which is, again, a great opportunity for people with specialized interests to go to those organizations that they're interested in and say, hey, I'd love to help out. And that's at United Way at their website? Okay, absolutely. So there are ways for people to indicate their interest even right now. Right, absolutely. And again, I hope to, with that Aging Mastery program, just get my name out there mm-hmm. and my contact information and anybody that wants to do, you know, I'll, I can work one-on-one with anybody. That's okay. kind of my job. All right. You know? So what is your contact information, Paul? Sure. So my name, it's paul.salm at whisk, W-I-S-C dot E-D-U. All right. Well, Paul, we are nearing on the magic hour when we, we try and keep our podcast to you, but this has been really fascinating. And I think it's probably a good time to do it because we're moving into February and the seasonal affective disorder that impacts a lot of people, it really starts to dig in. So I imagine that now more than ever, people may be feeling more prone to depression or loneliness. Right. Absolutely. And, you know, another thing, it's also spring break season coming up. Yes. And, you know, we almost, so many people can't. Yes. And that, you know, it, it hurts. It, you know, does. It, it does. It, That's it, a know, really good point that you, you bring up because there are people, so many people who do go away and they come back with their tans, you know, from South America or the Caribbean or Mexico. And yeah, there is a greater population who, who doesn't or can't do that. Right. And I don't never want to tell somebody not to go on vacation. Of course that's not, not, but the point still, I'm, but, yeah. But, but that's where it a little bit hits home. So if you have the opportunity to get into something that creates a sense of belonging and worth, that might just fill that void. So who cares if I can't go on vacation because I'm going to be doing this. This is now much more beneficial to me in the place where I am. 
because now I have that social connection and I can sort of start to lift towards a positive direction. Is that the one thing that people can do for themselves during this time or any if they feel like they may be fitting that definition of social isolation? You know, my advice would be that as long as those relationships are positive, and please understand that if somebody's in a really bad way, the definition of positive might be negative. Oh, interesting. So yeah. just please ask for help. Don't be afraid. Forget that stigma. I've asked for help. It's the hardest thing a human can do, especially in the Midwest. Ask for help. And just anywhere. Call. Call the public health department. Call just if you're really in a bad way. Force a social connection. All right. Well, Paul, thank you so much for stopping by to talk with us. Appreciate the opportunity. Yes, absolutely. And thank all of you for listening. You're listening to the Door County Pulse podcast. Until next time. Thank you so much for listening to the Door County Pulse podcast. This podcast is produced by Miles Danhausen Jr. and edited by Rachel Lucas. If you want to help us continue to create more great episodes just like this one, visit our website at doorcountypulse.com.